Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 227 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what is going on over there, man? Same old, same old. Literally, same old, same old. A quick question for you, Jeff. Yes. Asking for a friend. How long does it take asparagus to leave the body so you don't have to smell it when you pee anymore? Again, asking for a friend. Oh, dude, that thing's out in about two hours. Really? That, okay. Something might be wrong with my friend then. Because, dude, it's so funny. Like, you forget you eat asparagus, and then you pee, and you're like, oh, yeah, I had asparagus. It's like an old friend visiting. Like, oh, yeah, hey, how are you? I forgot about you. Really strange. But anyway, Banksterberry running through the veins. Uh, Really excited. I think we're going to have a long, long show today. Yes. Based on the notes, we've got a lot of content. A lot of stories, a lot of good stuff to share with the listeners, a lot of figure talk. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great show, dude. It's going to be a long one, too, so strap in, folks. Strap in and strap on. Whoa! No, no, no. no. What? You're bleeding into the other podcast again, dude. Oh, crap, that other podcast. You love working blue. If anybody would like to get any of our t-shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. Pro Wrestling Tees is having a 20% off sale this weekend for memorial day so go check them out pick up a fully posable t-shirt if you would like or just head on over to whatamaneuver.net where you have a wide selection of t-shirts over there you can follow us on twitter youtube snapchat and the book of faces at fully posable instagram fully posable w f p you can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on fully download that Podbean app if you are on the go stitcher itunes iHeartRadio. And Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes, Scott. We do not have a new review. Sad. Why? Because there's not one posted. Come on, guys. Give us a review. We're making fake names. That's it. (laughs) Okay. Mark Henry, come on down. (laughs) Leave your review, sir. Come on, guys. Really? No reviews? Throw us a one star. Have us battle with you. What about the Kongs? The Kongs can leave a review. (laughs) Here you go again with your WCW, dude. Young Pistols, come on down. Leave a review. Dude, you remember the Kongs? Yeah, I remember the Kongs. They were very short-lived, so kudos to you, man. Those were those bulbous guys with the masks, right? Very good. Yeah. Yeah, very forgettable. (laughs) Never had figures to tie it back into figure talk. And understandably so. They were managed by Harley Race, but ugh. Not even that rub was going to help them, dude. They could have had, like, Hogan. Dude, this era is bad. I mean, it's it's not good. And where are you at? You're in, like, late 93? I'm in late 93 right now. I had to go... <laughs> uh, I had to get through all of the WCW Saturday nights. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. Because I'm following the chronological order, so I had to get through the Saturday nights, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Like, there was a match between Sting and Flair, and the crowd was 
dead. Well, I'm wondering how many matches that was into a TV taping. You know what I mean? Because they didn't do live. Yes. So maybe that was like the fourth taping of the day, like the last one, and they were just spent. But I wonder if Chris from FTC would disagree with you on that and argue that it was in fact fantastic. I did get through the Hollywood Blonde stuff. Man, talk about short-lived. Why did Dust? I think it was Dusty that broke him up. Uh, I don't remember whose call that was, but bad decision. Really bad decision. Those guys, you're right, for a short-lived gimmick, boy, they sure do still get talked about, don't they? And they've also only had one set of figures as yes. that. Yes, and that might get brought up later again in the show. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott Foco. Jeff. Jeff? Jeff? Yes? There you are. Do you... Do you... Oh, here you go again. Okay, is this going to be a weekly thing where you mess with my read? <laughs> no, I just thought I'd do it again. Go for it. Okay, don't make me set a bear trap next to you. Why a bear trap? Because it's going to hurt like hell. <laughs> okay, back to the read. Jeff. Yes. Do you want to prove you're the undisputed world heavyweight champion of WWE fandom? Of course you do. Foco.com is here to help. With Foco's WWE bobbleheads, you can visit Suplex City with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, let in the fiend Bray Wyatt, and break some glass with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Foco's line of WWE bobbleheads includes all your favorite superstars and legends from then, now, and forever, including Becky Lynch, The Rock, Ric Flair, John Cena, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Andre the Giant, and more. These bobbleheads from Foco are handcrafted and hand-painted to depict the biggest names in sports entertainment, making them must-haves for fans and collectors alike. Don't miss out on these awesome collectibles. Head to foco.com now. That's foco.com. And one more time, just for you, Jeff. foco.com. Where? For the final week, stop me if you've heard this one before, but for the final week, you can save at checkout 10%. If you use code WFP10, and it's kind of for real this time, guys, if you don't go on and purchase, it could end. We won't be able to extend it for another month like we have been. So this is kind of the last week to do it. It's going to expire at the end of the month. So if you want to continue to save 10% on future FOCO releases, got to go on, make some purchases, go to checkout, at checkout, use code WFP10. Save yourself a sweet 10%. And as of right now, that is for one more week only. It expires at the end of May. If you guys want this code to continue, please head on over there. Because when you go over there, not only are you supporting FOCO, you're also supporting this show. And that means a lot to us that you guys already have or are going to make a purchase. So WFP10 at checkout, FOCO.com wider range of sports memorabilia like scott said they have wwe bobbleheads that are fantastic handcrafted that are beautiful you know what's funny is i personally love the cena one it's him running down the ramp i think the cena one's fantastic aj looks great flair looks great go over there wfp10 at checkout also there is somebody within the fig life community that needs your help and this is from drew Ventzel. He is putting this all together for this person. Hell of a guy, Drew. Really. Yes. Drew is awesome. 
Drew Vensel and Good Brother Mike are both putting this together. I want to make sure Good Brother Mike gets for this as well. Fig Life has come together to create a raffle in support of a member that is going through some tough times. Entries are $3 a piece or two for $5. And that the winner will be selected on Tuesday, May 26th at noon. If you guys would like to donate and not be in the raffle, please hit up GBM's PayPal, M as in Mike, Rooster, R-O-O-S-T-E-R-01 at AOL.com. So if you'd like to donate, hit up GBM's PayPal. Again, that's mrooster01 at AOL.com. Or if you want in the raffle, hit up Drew Vensel. Now, here are the items. There is a Glenn Jacobs for County Mayor poster that is autographed by Kane and Undertaker. It's got Kane and Undertaker's face on it, has Kane and Taker's autograph on it. There are micro brawlers, including Kota Ibushi, El Generico, Demolition, and Kamala. Also for the raffle, there's a Jim Neidhart Elite. There is also an autographed and a nice blue paint pen, Braun Strowman Funko Pop. And there is beautiful drawings of Austin, Rock, Kane, and Triple H paintings. So, again, if you guys want in the raffle, hit up Drew Vensel, and all payments for the raffle will be submitted to GBM. Thank you guys for doing this. Uh, this is the Fig Life com- community coming together like always. Thank you guys, and thank you to everybody that donated something into this or just donated on behalf. Just say, hey, here, I don't want to be in the raffle, but here's some money. So thank you guys. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, just so awesome of Drew and Good Brother Mike. Again, just proving how awesome the Fig Life community is, coming through for each other, helping each other out in times of need. It's what we do. Really, it's what we do. We're going to talk about doingthefavor.com. Those three over there, over at Doing the Favor, Rachel, Eric, and Barry have put together a great, great website where the community can come together. They have articles by your fellow Fig Lifers talking about collections talking about signings there's a bunch of articles over there and also over there you can just go on you can trade you can post something for sale or you can just ask the community that you're looking for something and hopefully somebody will come through so just head over to doingthefavor.com sign up and that's it there's nothing else no catch nothing else kudos to those three over there for putting up to a great great website so doingthefavor.com scott tragedy struck wrestling this past week with shad gaspar we all know the story shad passed away saving his son and i'm gonna emphasize that saving his son from being drowned man this one was tough dude just reading the stories from people out on the beach lifeguards everyone it was just rough to hear man it really was and i'm not gonna sit here and pretend that i was a huge shad fan like oh my gosh crime time is like the best tag team ever and I'm not going to pretend that. Look, they were entertaining. I enjoyed their time in WWE. Uh, But overall, if you look at the list of tag teams in WWE, Crime Time, they're not going to measure up to the all-time greats. Aside from all of his accomplishments in wrestling, the dude died a hero. As you said, Jeff, he saved his son. He specifically told the lifeguard, leave me, take my son, make sure he gets to safety, come back for me. That's what the lifeguard did. And Shad lost his life basically sacrificed his life so his son could live as a parent speaking as a father of two i admire the hell out of shad that dude to me is a hero he died a hero to his son he will forever and his wife too will forever be a hero you can't go out any better than that like as a father if you have to go that's how you want to go 
literally paying the ultimate price for your child. That guy is a hero. He died that way. I'm not going to pretend I was a huge Shad fan as a wrestler, but as a father, I respect the hell out of him and I admire him for what he did. And hopefully, and I said it on Facebook in my post about him, I'm not going to remember him for anything that he did as a wrestler in crime time or otherwise. I am going to remember him for being a hell of a father and for dying a hero, saving his son's life. Again, if you have to go as a father, that's the way that you want to do it. And I I respect and admire the hell out of him. RIP, Shad. That's a heroic thing, man. That is what being a father is all about. And like you said, he went out being a hero. No, he really did. He absolutely did. So RIP, Shad. I think about a year ago, he also stopped a robbery, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. He did. That's right. Yeah. He did. Heart of gold on that guy, man. Oh, yeah. We we definitely lost someone very special. And, you know, he he went out saving his son. Like, gosh, you can't say enough about that. To die a hero, I mean, what greater what greater way to go, honestly? Just respect and admire that man in R.I.P., Shad. Scott, you wanted to talk about Dark Side of the Ring this past week, another tragic story, so why don't you go into it? Yeah, I mean, how could you not discuss it, right? And it's funny. So there was somebody that I was talking to about it, and they described it as a hit piece on WWE. And while that person is not necessarily wrong, because we didn't get much from WWE's side in that episode, right? It was mostly Martha Hart giving her side of it. But you know what? That's why I enjoyed it. Because it seems since Owen died, all we really, really heard was WWE's side about it. About what happened from their perspective. I didn't get to hear a lot from Martha on her perspective. Well, she wrote a book. I mean, who reads books, dude? Come on, get out of here. I read it. I thought it was terrific. I'll watch the TV show. (laughs) Yes, I'm that guy. Sorry. It was cool for me as somebody who doesn't read books, Jeff, to get Martha Hart's side in addition to getting her kid's side. And the daughter wasn't featured a ton, but seeing his son, who's like a dead ringer for Owen, man... Like, and I'll be perfectly honest, Shannon had a very, very hard time watching that episode. And I think going back to the Shad talk, when you're a parent, things like that, those kind of stories, they hit you different. Not to say that it's harder to deal with than the average fan. I'm not saying that it just hits you different when you're a parent because you see how it affected his kids. And, oh man, that really tugs at your heartstrings. And that definitely happened to Shannon. She had a very hard time making it through that episode. As did I. And it was it was really hard to watch, dude. And you just, you really feel for her and the kids. And yes, it was a one-sided episode. But for me, again, as someone who doesn't read books, relied on the TV show for that side of it. Yes, I'm that guy. And it, it was great to hear that side. Because again, we always heard WWE side. And I'm not going to sit here and point fingers because at the end of the day, it was a horrible tragedy. And we lost one of the best ever in Owen Hart. And that sucks. For his family, for us wrestling fans, for the WWF at the time to lose such a great performer, it was it was tragic all around, and there's no bringing him back. It just sucks that it happened, and it's not going to do anybody any good to point fingers at this point. Should they have gone on with the show? I guess we can we can kind of look at that direction first. And instead of pointing blame as to who was to blame for his death, we can look at their decision to to go on with the show. Was it the right decision? Hell no. 
No, absolutely not. The show should have stopped right there. And one thing I never even considered, and Martha brought it up during the episode, is shouldn't that have been stopped as a potential crime scene? Like, shouldn't the police have been called right then and said, hey, a death just happened? You know, was it, I think it was JR that said, was this a suicide? Was it a murder? Like, what happened? It needs to be investigated. Stop the show right there. Bring in the authorities. Let them set up their crime scene. Don't, as Martha said, roll his body out of the ring and parade more wrestlers out to continue the show. Absolutely, 100%, the wrong decision to do it. I've always kind of been on the fence like, man, was that the right thing to do? But when she said that it should have been treated as a crime scene, she was 100% correct. That show should have been stopped immediately. Uh, for God's sake, his bloodstains were in the ring. The boards where he fell were broken. Like, come on, man. And you're going to have these guys go out in that emotional state and try to put on a show? Ugh, just tragic. And again, there's no bringing him back. So pointing fingers at this point, 21 years later, isn't going to do anybody any good. But they absolutely should have stopped the show. That wrong decision by WWF, absolutely. And aside from that, I won't judge anymore. But what a hard episode to make it through. I just... It's heartbreaking to see that there's no relationship with Martha's kids and the rest of the Hart family. You would think that, just taking Bret Hart out of the equation for a second, you would think that he'd want to have a relationship with Owen's son, right? Considering how close he and Owen were. To not have that relationship. Jeff, look at it from your perspective. With Alana and Peyton. You know, God forbid something happened to me would you want to continue a relationship with the two of them? Of course you would, right? Yeah, right. But could you imagine not being able to? No. That's heartbreaking to me that there's no relationship with Owen's son and Brett. That should be a strong bond. And unfortunately, it's not. One other thing that came out of that episode that I found interesting was Jericho's point uh, at the very end of the show. And he did this in the Benoit episode too. And the guy is just, that guy really thinks outside the box. In the discussion about the hall of fame. Okay. We know that what's his face won't be ever put in there, but what about woman? I never thought about that. I'm like, that's brilliant. Then at the end of this episode, Jericho goes, think about who came into the Federation a year after Owen's death. You had the radicals come in. You had Eddie, you had what's his face. You had Saturn. You had these guys come in that uh, right off the bat, you put any of those three guys in the ring with Owen. That's an instant classic. All those guys that could have had just these matches with Owen. And you think about that and you're like, man, the bottom line here is he was taken from us too soon as, and as a fan and seeing the effect that it had on his family, it sucks all around. And again, it's not going to do any good to point fingers at who was to blame. I'm just going to say it was a tragedy as a wrestling fan and for the WWF to lose that performer uh, for, for Owen's family, not just his wife and his kids, but for the rest of them too, to lose a brother or a son just tragic all around and it sucks that it happened the way that it did what a strong woman she is oh my gosh dude yes thank you thank you to to pick up the sword and shield like she did and move forward unbelievable you're absolutely right jeff amazing person well not only that she had to go through a year-long lawsuit then not only on top of that year-long lawsuit going on in kansas city then she gets sued in Connecticut. Yes. From from WWE, which is, in my opinion, this is me, total bullshit. 
Yeah, I, I can't argue with you. I can't argue with her. There may have been legal reasons as to why they did that or had to do it. I, I don't really want to hear him, <laughs> to be honest. Like, how do you sue a widow? Her husband died in your ring. Like, that is unfathomable. And and also, Vince, what was in this uh, briefcase that you took into that police station for Jimmy Snuka? <laughs> <laughs> but right, <laughs> that really painted WWE in a horrible picture to sue Martha like that. Well, really, the whole episode did, dude. The, it really did. Did she say anything that was out of line? She just produced facts. She produced the clip the $6 clip that was suspending a human life. Come on now. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Like it, it was very one-sided, but I think given all of the information that came out when like WWE was giving it, like it was nice to have this as kind of a counterpoint. So no, I'm 100% on board with you, dude. By the way, I don't know if it was $6. It might've been 13, but anyways. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. We don't know. Have you checked? Have you checked sold listings on eBay? But I thought it was a great piece. I thought it was an excellent, excellent job. Should they have had a, someone from WWE to kind of do a counterpoint? They could have added that in. But like you said, we've always heard, I shouldn't even say heard, we've heard bits and pieces from WWE. We had never gotten on video Martha's side of the story or Owen's son or Owen's daughter. So anyways. Can I throw I a gripe it, out there about the episode? Sure. This should have been two-parter. Yes, it, it should have been two parts because the the What's-His-Face episode kicked off the season as a two-parter. I think it would have been cool to bookend this second season with a two-parter as well. I felt that it had to be two parts because it would have been cool to get one side and then get the other side. But I think one part that could have been maybe expanded upon was Owen's decision to sign that deal that locked him into WWE slash WWF for a longer amount of time after the screw job. I, I, I think more time spent on that because at the end of the day, that decision not to leave WWF WWE was a life and death decision. Didn't know it at the time, but it turned out to be a life and death decision. And I think more time could have been spent on that. Like to get Martha's thoughts on that decision. And if you were going to involve more of the Hart family, say, in, or WWE, Jim Ross, to have them, because Jim Ross did address it, but to have more time spent on both sides of why Owen decided not to leave and decide, and decide to sign that longer deal, I think more time could have been spent on that, and I would have enjoyed hearing more about that. But overall, I think it really had enough meat there to be a two-part episode, and I think would have been a great way to bookend season two. I do wish Martha and Brett still had the relationship that they did, because when the whole thing happened, Brett was there for her the, at the right at the beginning. It fell apart, like we all know. But I hate hearing that the friendship that they had and kind of helping each other through this fell apart. And I hate hearing that. Brett has his side. Martha has her side. We won't get into it. But as I said, I just wish that they would have the relationship. Because then Brett would be able to see the son and be able to see the daughter or his niece and nephew. Looking at it from a fan's standpoint, though, nothing good came of this, really, aside from the Owen Hart Foundation, which is fantastic. There's good things being done in his name, and he was a hell of a guy. So, so that's great to see the tradition of Owen Hart continuing in something that helps other people. I love that. But as another standpoint from a fan, it's cool to see that there are t-shirts now that you can buy of Owen, which is like the first official merchandise in years 
there are two shirts of Owen Hart available on Pro Wrestling Tees. And if you go on there and purchase them, the proceeds do go to the Owen Hart Foundation, which I love. But Jeff, I have to ask the question because at the end of the day, this is a wrestling figure podcast. Does this open the door for a company not named Mattel to make Owen Hart wrestling figures? This opens up Pro Wrestling Tees to do micro brawlers. <laughs> okay, look, if that's what we have to start with, I will take it and I'll buy two. I will hang one up and I will open one up and put it on my desk and admire it and pray that one of the other companies out there, call it FTC, call it Super 7, you name it, Boss Fight, give us one of those, Storm, give us Owen Hart figures. If you're going to do t-shirts, right, that kind of opens up the door to merchandise as a wrestling figure collector. I've got to hope that that door, okay, we've got our foot in the door. Now let's see what else we can get from merchandise from Owen Hart. Because look, as a fan, we would want to support Owen Hart and the Owen Hart Foundation, especially if proceeds are going to continue to go to the Owen Hart Foundation. That's such a good cause. we would go out of our way to support that, right? I mean, at the end of the day too, we're going to get a wrestling figure or we're going to get a shirt or a micro brawler, something to help the the foundation and to put figures or shirts in our collection. I think that's an uh, all around win-win. Hopefully, fingers crossed, of course, nothing is going to be rushed into, but it's definitely a start and it's great to see because how long have we been clamoring for Owen Hart figures, right? I'm almost preaching to the choir here. Let's hope, guys, that the the foot's in the door to at least start to get more Owen Hart merchandise. Scott, moving on, did you do any finger poke of doom? I did. I did. And I've got to thank Tim at a chair shot again, because out of nowhere, I'm going to call it a TKO, the dude sends me a package. I had no idea what was coming and it shows up and I opened it up. I had no idea what was inside. I didn't know what was coming. It was a total surprise package. Again, a TKO opened it up and inside mint on card, Mandy Rose mint on card. Ooh. Yeah. Mint on card, macho man, Royal rumble elite because he had heard me mention on a previous show that I had found it and passed on it because the budget just didn't allow it. Macho man, Royal rumble elite. And finally, the kicker dude, Danny Davis, build a figure. Whoa, you got one? Yes. Yes. And oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. It was I was like a little kid on Christmas, you know, like when you're always scoping out, okay, which one do I want to open first? Like you're, you're scoping out all your toys and looking at your favorites and which one do you want to build first? Dude, he had all of the pieces inside of a Ziploc bag. I immediately ripped open the Ziploc bag and snapped that Danny Davis together. And oh my gosh. Fantastic. Absolutely love that Danny Davis figure. I can't commend Mattel enough for the job that they did on it. The likeness is spot on. Love the referee outfit. They got the long sleeves, which by the way, I've heard, I don't know if this is true or not. Was Danny Davis forced to wear long sleeves because he had tattoos on his arm? Oh, good question. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I didn't know if there was any truth to that. It's something that I've heard. I don't know if there's any truth to the rumor. Um, anyway, just love the package from Tim and those unexpected gifts are the best. And when you guys do that for us, it just, again, it means the world to us. It really does. It's 
we don't expect anything from you guys. We just put out the show. You guys love it. That's great. The downloads are awesome. But when you go above and beyond and you do things like send us the, the custom Hasbro box and you send me figures or you send Jeff figures, it's just, it means the world to us. And we love you guys. We can't thank you enough for the support. And Tim, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And aside from the package from Tim, I spoke last week about the Sting Defining Moments. The Crow one, not the Great American Bash one. I already own the Great American Bash. Didn't own the Crow. Surprising, right? Considering how big of a Sting fan I am. And my great interaction with him at the autograph signing. Didn't own a Crow Sting figure. So <laughs> I, I was in an eBay auction hunting one down. And when I recorded with you last week, Jeff, the auction ended the day the show dropped. When I was bidding on it, the bidding was at $55. Would you like to guess how much that Sting Defining Moments ended up selling for? Now, this is without shipping. This is just the base cost of the figure. Would you like, because I think shipping was like $10 or $12. Would you like to guess how much that Sting Defining Moments sold for? Um, How much time left when it was $55? Uh, The day we recorded, it ended Sunday. So we recorded Thursday. So it had like two, call it two and a half days left. Two days left. I'm going to say it ended with inflation that's going on right now, about 86 bucks. You are almost right on the money. It closed at $91. Yeah, that sounds about right. It, yes. My highest, and as we spoke about with the $500 last week, the uh, the pretend wrestling figure stimulus check, I would have gone as high as 75 and that would include shipping. So needless to say, I lost the auction. But light at the end of the tunnel was not a train coming my way. It was a real light at the end of the tunnel because I went and searched more eBay auctions. Somebody posted one for 70 bucks with $12 shipping. I made an offer. I said, would you do 75 shipped? And they took it right away. So I hit my number, 75 bucks, Crow Sting. Here's the crazy part. Before Sting lost his deal, so call it like three weeks ago, these things were going on Macari for anywhere from 40 to 60 bucks. Isn't that crazy? The guy leaves the WWE and his figure spikes. So if you are in the market for Sting figures, be expecting to pay a little bit higher price than normal on his Mattels because they're starting to skyrocket. Even that great American bash Sting, which isn't the best Sting, still good, but it's not great. Even that one is starting to spike because Jeff, when you and I did the everybody has a price segment, I put the great American bash Sting in there. And when we did that segment, just gosh, like a month or two ago, right? That thing was like 13 bucks. And now I've been seeing them anywhere from like 20 to 40. So sting figures are starting to spike. Everything is starting to spike, but we've already talked about that. Actually, you know what, dude? It's generated a healthy conversation on Twitter regarding the whole wrestling figure spike right now on the secondary market. And a lot of yes. people, a lot of people are talking to him. And what I like is a lot of people are throwing in theories of why wrestling figures are spiking. One theory is, is people are just home bored on eBay and Mercari and start bidding or purchasing. Yes. One person says that somebody is still working and they got the stimulus money. So that just added on. So they're just taking all $1,200 and just throwing it towards wrestling figures. There's a lot of reasons. And I've actually enjoyed the interactions on Twitter a lot of people have chimed in with what their theories are, and I think it's great. There's so much going on, and there's so much hype regarding wrestling figures right now. There is 
a lot surrounding it. We had the toys that made us. There are three wrestling figure podcasts going on about wrestling figures. There is people on eBay seeing that this figure is selling for this much, then they're going to get theirs and they're putting it up and people are home bored on eBay searching and they just place bids and spikes it and there you go. And on top of that, we have five wrestling toy companies right now. So never before has wrestling figures ever been this hot. Yeah, no, you're totally right, dude. Have you seen the latest stupidity on eBay? I'll just give you one example of the the stupidity. Junkyard Dog Retro. Oh, yes, I did see that. Over $100 for the JYD Retro. Come on. Really? Really? Well, I mean, it was tough to find, and it would pop up sporadically on Amazon. Nobody ever found it on... Well, some people found it on the shelves, not everyone. Yeah, that one seemed to be online friendly, not so much retail friendly. But dude, over $100, uh, my mind was blown. And at one point, I was considering opening my retros, but now I think I'm going to make a space on the wall for the carded. I I think I've got to hang them up. Like, I'm glad I didn't open them now. You know, that's something I can pass down to Alana and Peyton. If they're going to keep spiking like that, shoot, I better put them up on the wall and just sock them aside. Unbelievable. Maybe it's because the Hasbros have gone up so much. Now people are like, I can't afford Hasbros, but I can fill up my retro collection. They're almost the same figures. And maybe now retros are going to spike. Who knows? But the insanity is real right now. And continues on. Scott, we do need to announce our next entrant into the Fig Life Hall of Fame. And this is the headliner. Next week, we will be bringing you live from the Fully Posable Fig Life Awards, where Scott and I will have our tuxedo shirts. And that's it. Yep. Donald ducking it around, you know, or Pooh Bear, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) With our tails on the front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott, would you like to announce our headliner of the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame? Yes, Jeff, it is my pleasure to announce the headliner for the class of the Fig Life Hall of Fame 2020. It is the red card Bret Hart Hasbro. Why did it take three years to get in? What is going on? Will you stop? I'm going to have you thrown out. It is my pleasure to announce the seventh best Hasbro figure of all time, the Red Card Series 8, Bret Hart. I'm not even listening to you. You you are ridiculous. <laughs> by the way, it's the second best, and it's been voted second best numerous times by the Fig Life community in many, many Marcho Madness tournaments. Seventh? Get, second. Number two. I'm hearing seventh. <laughs> Pam? Pa- Pan? Well, hello, pretty lady. (laughs) So, yes, the greatest Hasbro of all time. Get that, Scott? We already put Macho Man in. What are you doing? Not in my eyes. (laughs) The best Hasbro. And Rad Chad agrees with me. That's all I need. Me and Rad Chad will sit on this mountain with this Bret Hart Hasbro. (laughs) With the Bret Hart flying on the flag. Look, and that's why I love being in the fig life and just being part of the wrestling figure community. There's always these great debates you and I always go back and forth about the Slim Jim Macho and the Bret Hart Hasbro and the Macho Man Hasbro. And I love it. It's always good banter. And at the end of the day, we're, we're arguing about a fantastic figure. And in this case, Series 8 Red Card Hasbro, Bret Hart. He is the headliner of the 2020 Fig Life Hall of Fame class for 2020. Welcome to the club, Bret. 
The awards will be held next week, and we will induct each one into the Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame, the third annual Fully Posable Fig Life Hall of Fame. Scott, we have a lot of news, and all the news is actually coming from the land of the rising sun. So what do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, what the biggest news came from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Scott, Brian Flynn, who's a designer over at Super 7, was on the Pixel Dan show. He said that New Japan Pro Wrestling Series 1 with Okada, Ishii, Osprey, and Tanahashi should be here, I would say, late summer. So think August, September. Ooh, that really did get pushed back, right? Because originally it was like May, June. Yes. Damn you, COVID. Damn you. Then it got to July, and he says that it should be on the boat at the beginning of July. So figure 30 to 45 days with coming over here through customs, all that stuff. So late summer, it should be here. By the way, Scott, what did you think of the New Japan packaging? And can you describe it? Yes, the packaging is incredible. And Travis Fowler actually pointed this out and said that it's going to be fantastic for getting autographs on. And he couldn't be more right. So you've got the the full color packaging, the figure prominently displayed in the front, clear plastic window, and there's actually like a drop that goes over the top of the box, like a cardboard sleeve it looks like, that's black and it has the King of Sports logo on there, the AJPW logo. The packaging at the bottom is blue with the wrestler's name on it, and you can actually see that part with the sleeve over the top of it. And then when you pull the sleeve off, the name is still there. And then you get to see the wrestler inside. Beautiful packaging. Of course, once you get it signed, you're not going to really want to put that sleeve back over the top. So I guess fold that thing up and tuck it away somewhere. But the packaging alone is beautiful. And then the figure inside, they released more images, like finished images of what they're going to look like. And these things are worth every single penny of the $45 price tag. Seriously, these things are are above and beyond they're like next level collectibles and they're incredible and i cannot wait to get that okada so they did show off pictures for wave two and it is the lij series so start off with evil comes with five set of hands i should say everybody comes with five set of hands he has two heads one of the heads with an open mouth both heads have the purple and black hair a full length jacket the mask that evil comes out with and he has this like dragon walking stick i don't know what those things are called scott i have no idea do you <laughs> well i'm pretty sure the technical term for it is not dragon walking stick uh you me- <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned it last week and actually it's like a weapon you would expect to see from the masters of the universe line it's badass dude it's really cool and evil is one he- I, look all four of these that they showed it's, it's continuing to up the bar for Super 7, and it's exactly what you would expect from them. All four of them are incredible. Evil is no exception. Outstanding looking figure, and that dragon walking stick, if that's what we're going to call it, is awesome looking. It's a badass accessory. Dragon walking stick. I love it. That's what it is. I just never know what those things are called, dude. <laughs> What's a dragon, dragon walking stick? It's a dragon walking stick. That's I don't know if is. there's like a technical name for it or anything. It's a prop. That's the technical term. It's a prop. But we're going to call it a dragon walking stick from now on. Bushi, he will have black and white tights. He comes with four heads. He has two masked, where just his regular wrestling mask. And then he has two 
full length mask. So what Bushi does is when he comes to the ring, he rips off the top mask and then does a spit. So that will be Bushi again, five extra hands. Naito, he comes with two belts, two different LIJ shirts. So he comes with the one that with the red lettering across the front that says Dehopan. Then he has the white LIJ shirt, Tranquilo sweatshirt, LIJ hat. And he comes with two different heads. And last, Hiromu Takahashi. Two heads. He comes with a white jacket. Probably couldn't get get the license for all the stuff on it. TJ from Super 7 said that they haven't shown every accessory. But we are going to be stoked when we do. So get your mind running around that. Because when I announced Takahashi, notice how I didn't say any of the Daryls. Or Carol. (laughs) Yes. That bitch Carol Baskin. Yes. It, the <laughs> the big question is, are we going to get Daryl? Like that that was what you and I had talked about last week. Like, right, he has to have the cat with him. You almost, it's almost a lock, right? That he's going to be with, with Daryl. Like how you have Takahashi and no Daryl. You got to. So somebody asked TJ on the Wrestling Figs message board. He said, got a rough release month for LIJ. Can't see anything on the site. He says it's usually a seventh month turnaround between pre-order, closing, and release. I'm hoping that's the case with this in spite of COVID-19. Once I get something concrete, I'll make sure you guys all know. That's about right because, Jeff, we pre-ordered the Series 1 NJPW figures, I want to say around November of last year. Yes. I want to say it was October, November, somewhere in there. And we're looking at a September arrival date. We'll go late and call it just September. So that's given the COVID thing. Yeah. Their original seven month projection was right on when they were saying like May, June, but now with this coming into effect, it's going to delay things a little bit. So I'm going to guess around man, March of next year. That could be right. Yeah. I'm going to ballpark around March. Are you also throwing in the pandemic right now? Are you kind of factoring that in? More delays. Yeah, because if you do seven months from... Because they just went up for pre-order this week. So if you... I think they go a month on pre-order. So say they end mid-June. So then you're looking at January around that for his seven-month target date. But then you've got to factor in an extra couple months like what happened for Series 1. So I'm going to ballpark February probably at the earliest more than likely like March, possibly April, depending on how bad shipping gets backed up. Someone asked TJ, I'm thinking some of the accessories not shown off yet may be, well, Hiromo looks a bit lonely by himself, doesn't he? All TJ put was a smiling emoji. So that's what I was talking about when we were talking about Daryl and Carol and all the cats that he brings with him. Yes, give us Daryl. We want Daryl. Jeff, You were being super modest when we were talking about toy spotting. You didn't even go into your toy spotting. But your toy spotting that you did this week is deserving not of being in the toy spotting segment, but actually being in our news. Because as far as I'm concerned, this is a big one. This is big, not only toy spotting, this is big news for your collection. So I'm going to turn the spotlight and the microphone over to you. Uh, yeah, I forgot to do my toy spotting. So I did receive an Undisputed Era three pack. There was one that popped up on Amazon. It was pretty cheap. I got it. It was in a box and came in good. So there was a lot of questions regarding that. A lot of people had received some Undisputed Eras from Amazon in a bag. 
That is not the case. This popped up in a box. So if you guys were interested in doing that, I don't know if that is still there. Might have sold out. But that Undisputed Era showed up in a box for me. That's just kind of a little bit of a news right there. I also got the Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe 2-pack from WrestleMania. Dude, that Rey Mysterio is an underrated figure and not many people talk about it. Have you seen it? I have. Not out of the package or anything, just in pictures. I haven't. I've not seen it up close. It's amazing. Uh, that's an underrated figure. That is some top-notch deco and accessories and look for Rey Mysterio. So... I just wanted to mention that because I thought that figure looked fantastic. But yes, Scott, I did purchase a Jax Classic 1 of 25 Ric Flair. Now that one is the one where it's cut out in the back. It shows off the beautiful sequence of the robe that Jax used. Now this was an employee special edition 1 of 25 that was given away. In the front, it's Ric Flair with the beautiful white robe. I didn't fly down to Los Angeles for this one, Scott. (laughs) You trusted shipping, huh? Yeah, yeah. But I do want to thank Christopher Dean for kind of brokering this deal. He set me up with the gentleman that was selling it to me. So the gentleman was more than willing to part with it and it helps out his small business. So yes, Scott, I did purchase the Ric Flair one of 25 Jack's employee exclusive. Dude, that's incredible. Like if you were to give me a list of figures and that one was on it, I would probably pull that one out and say, that's never going to be in Just Collection. That is just, it's so out of reach. Like there's no way, but dude, it's now in your collection. I think that that's awesome. And again, you don't really go crazy with buying figures like that. If you do, it's a special occasion and it's a special figure. And that one is absolutely a special figure. You got to think in the entire world, there's only 25 of that. Like you're holding one and there's only 24 others floating across the United States or wherever in the world they might be that to me is insane like talk about rare I'm so happy that you got one and you're right that white robe with those sequins on it the cutout on the back of the package to show it off beautiful figure you have a display case for it unbelievable i can't believe it's in your collection it's a beautiful figure congratulations on getting that one and that to me is not like your run-of-the-mill toy spotting segment that is newsworthy and congrats dude yeah didn't think i would get this because when i checked into it i would say about a year ago uh i saw one sold for 2500 and i know someone had one for 2k so luckily things worked out the way they did And I was able to get it this time around. So, dude, I can't say enough good things about this figure, man. It's beautiful. When I saw it last year, I thought the thing was beautiful, but it was way out of the price range. But now that it's in the collection, to go along with all the 1 of 100s and the 1 of 20 Piper that I have, that was a Jax employee giveaway. This is amazing, dude. Like, this completes the collection. Well, I shouldn't say completes it. There's still some Ultimate Warrior. There's a 1 of 3 floating around. There's a 1 of five warrior one of 20 warriors floating around those are maybe a wish and a prayer but this flare was one that i needed to have to complete this collection yeah you did a great job of getting that one dude you held out for the right deal well done beautiful beautiful figure and you got to figure that thing is 15 years old there's only 25 floating around in the world and you've got one of them really stands up for a 15 year old figure that thing really stands up well it's beautiful i'm so happy it's in your collection well done man 
Thanks, man. Well, Jeremy Padauer has one. He's doing a giveaway for it. He's got a Warrior one of three he's given away. The Flare, and I can't remember what else, but man, he's got some sick figures given away. Scott, before we jump into our next segment, why don't you talk about Manscaped? Jeff, flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to mow your lawn. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim the hedges below the belt safely and efficiently. I am talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped is here to make sure your balls are smooth and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawn Mower 3.0, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial so your balls stop sticking to your legs. As our treat... This is, this is our treat to you. You'll find the Crop Reviver, which will keep your balls smelling fresh, just like spring flowers. Remember, guys, Jeff wants your balls smelling fresh. Subscribe to the Perfect Package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays hygienic and clean. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs, which are incredibly comfortable. This is the perfect package for your perfect package, not yours, Jeff. Get 20% off. No, it's perfect. A a little less than perfect. It's okay. It's all misshapen and weird. It was that bad fall you had as a kid. It's okay. It's okay. You didn't mean to fall on the lawnmower. It just happened. It's okay. (laughs) Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WFP20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code WFP20. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. Scott, do you know what happened the other day? No. Do you have to tell me? So one of Celeste's friends came over and she saw the lawnmower 3.0 sitting out and she started giving me the eye, you know, and I'm like, no, girl, I can't do this. And she was like, I see, I, I see you have the lawnmower 3.0. That's really impressive. And I was like, damn right it is. So what you're saying is the, the lawnmower gets the ladies. Hold on. Celeste is coming. Oh, no. <laughs> Go away. No, get away. <laughs> I thought where you were going with that was like, she wanted you to shave her up. Like, I thought you were about to start working really blue on this episode. Well, no. Then she was like, all right, well, can I use it? And I was like, yeah, women can use the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. I mean, of course they can use it. Yeah, you don't have it's to have not... balls to use it. Exactly. So I told the girl, no. Okay, Celeste is gone. Holy crap, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she can still hear me. Oh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're so bad at this game. Sorry. Anyways, I did get a Manscaped box the other day, though. Had the uh, briefs because I do love those, and I also got these uh, wipes, and they're like Insta-wipes. So when dudes are out on a date and they're not feeling so fresh down there, you should have the prophylactic on one side of your wallet and the Manscaped wipe on the other side because you can wipe and go. There you go. Very, very nice. I also got two more pairs of the Manscaped boxers. Incredibly comfortable. I can't say enough good things about them. And just remember, if you have zero balls or if you have three balls like Jeff, this Manscaper tool will work for you. No accidents, no nicks, walk away blood-free. WFP20 over at manscaped.com. It was funny. I was watching the Cornhole Championships on ESPN because that's what I'm watching nowadays, Scott. Yeah, they, they're not showing AWA. They're showing the freaking Cornhole Championships. Come on, man. It was actually kind of entertaining once I figured out the scoring, which was very simple. I was like, why did it take me so long to figure this out? But anyways, right up at the upper right-hand corner of the Cornhole, uh, what's the thing? The landing thing? What's that board called? The dra- the dragon walking stick thank you right up in the upper right hand corner of the dragon walking stick was manscape right there boom i was like that's very well done cornhole championships manscape great job guys yes it will work on your cornhole too have you tested it uh, not on my cornhole no oh okay good good but in case i do decide to go back there it does have a light on it so that will help and you know you'll be nick free i will be nick free yes wfp20 at manscape Scott, this next segment's called Missed Opportunity, and this is something that I thought of. This is figures that were missed by a company. Now, obviously, we could just throw out Demolition Smash and Barbarian from the Powers of Pain from the LJN series and call it a day. That's not the way this works. We've already hashed that. We've already thrown that one against the wall many, many times. We're going to talk about mainly Mattel. Mattel has had many wrestlers under the... WWE license and has missed numerous times on figures. So they've had John Tenta under a deal and they've gotten Earthquake and they've gotten Shark out. So fantastic. They've done good. But there have been figures that they've gotten only one of out and then called, well, I shouldn't say called it a day, but maybe didn't have enough time. So anyways, this is a missed opportunity. For example, I will throw one out from me, Rick Martell. He was in the Legends line, but we did not get a Strike Force Rick Martell. So that's kind of the example of this segment. So Scott, who do you have for a missed opportunity? Well, before I get into that, I think this really comes on the heel of them losing Sting. Like that's a big deal because now they can't make any more Sting figures. And that's actually the one that I'm leading off with on my list is a Sting that I think Mattel missed because they only have a certain window. Much like FTC, they sign a guy, they can only make so many figures of him in their two year or whatever it is deal. And then they can't make any more figures of them. They're left with the stock on hand to sell. They can't create any more like variants or whatever. Well, that's just like Mattel. They get a certain amount of time to release so many figures of a guy like Fred Ottman, for example. You had Tugboat, you had Typhoon, and you had Shockmaster, which was great. You really nailed all of Fred Ottman's big figures that he would there that we as a collector would have want, wanted made of him. But Sting, who they've just lost. They can't make any more figures of him. In fact, we lost that Legend Series 7 one. We're never going to get that one. Well, unless he re-signs a deal and then Mattel can squeeze it into a line somewhere. But I think they really, really missed the boat on making Sting as a Blade Runner. Because we know that they did make that two-pack of Sting and Warrior. But how awesome would it have been if they were not uh, Crow Sting and Ultimate Warrior, but instead the Blade Runners? I think that would have been incredible. The Blade Runner, the first 
ever Blade Runners figures, complete with the black lipstick, the face paint, the black tights, the works. I think they would have been incredible. Nobody has done a sting as a Blade Runner. I really think that was a missed opportunity on Mattel's part. Now, who knows? Had Sting stayed under contract, because they can still make Ultimate Warrior figures, maybe we would have gotten a Sting and Warrior 2-pack as the Blade Runners, but we're never going to know. So that is my first submission for Missed Opportunity. We should have probably prefaced this, that we don't know if the contract ran out. There's probably a million other factors. Steve says they don't like to make multiples of one figures and get them all out at one time. They've done that before, where they've rushed multiples of one guy out at one time and didn't sell well or whatever it may be. This is just kind of like, oh crap, they had him under contract and they didn't make this guy. For example, my next one, they had Akeem under contract, but we did not get a one-man gang. Now, granted, we did get a one-man gang in the Jack's Classic series, but everybody wants Mattel scale. So getting a one-man gang in the Mattel scale, I think would have been another home run for getting Akeem slash one-man gang in there. I totally agree with you, Jeff. One-man gang to me, if you were to put a short list together of Mattel's misses versus the fans once, one man gang is up there for sure. Especially when you consider that they could do a cloth vest on them. That would be awesome. And to me is a huge, I think one man gang had such a cool look, you know, the skulls on the sleeves and the, the denim jacket, his Mohawk, his shades. I, I think that's a huge miss on Mattel's part to not have a one man gang figure out there. Good call on that. Who's your next one, Scott? My next one is Jimmy Superfly Snooka in his traditional gear. And they did the Snooka Legends where he was in his tights. And I understand they didn't want to do a Snooka figure that everybody else had already done. We got the Snooka LJN. We had the Snooka Hasbro. We had the Snooka... Um, oh gosh, I always forget the names of those jacks. They were the the, the set of four. Those, like Almost like the statues that came out. There was a Blassie. There was a Snooka. There was an Andre. I forget the name of the series. Anyway, they did a Snooka in there. They did the Jack's Classic Superstars, Jimmy Snooka. So I understand that Mattel didn't want to go the same route that all the other manufacturers had. They wanted a Snooka figure that was different. That's great. I applaud that. Do something outside the box. Don't do a look we've had before. But by the same token, give us that traditional Snooka. <laughs> you know what I mean? You gave us that one. The hardcore Snooka fans wanted that traditional look Jimmy Snooka that matched up to the classic superstars, the LJNs, the Hasbro. So to me, them not doing that Snooka look was a miss. Good call on that one, dude. Thank you. Outside of the ones we've talked about for 227 episodes, has there been any others that you can think of? Jax, Hasbro, and you don't want to say the orange card series, but Hasbro, LJN, any other figures that you think they missed on or anything like that from any other line outside of Mattel? Uh, outside, man, for this particular one, for this show, I just focused on Mattel's and built my list off of Mattel. I didn't focus on LJN. Now, for the next time we do this segment, I guarantee I'll have more. But for this specific episode, I just focused on Mattel. Okay, gotcha. And I understand, like, they had Warlord under contract. I don't know if they still do, but they wouldn't make him in his black tights because they don't have Barbarian. So they can't do Powers of Pain, so what's the point of having one without the other? Well, it didn't stop LJN. <laughs> I was going to say, are you listening, LJN? <laughs> yeah, it didn't stop LJN. They're like, screw it, put him out. <laughs> Get this out now. Yeah, just Pronto. put it out. Stat. <laughs> but for this one, we just kind of focused mainly on Mattel 
And they've had so many guys under contract that they could have done. There's so many figures that have been left on the table. They could have done another J.J. Dillon. You know, they just gave us the Build-A-Figure, but they could have done another one. Let's say they didn't want to do another suited J.J. Dillon, put him in his wrestling gear when he was doing war games. I think people would have loved that. Yeah, you could have done that. Or, or like something where the suit is over, kind of like that McMahon figure where the suit was over the wrestling gear. Do something like that with J.J. Now, we also have to throw in, would they even start up the machines for these guys? So that's another thing we have to throw in there as well. But we also have to look at the financial and the business side. Well, for sure. And I'll go to the next one on my list, Jeff. And this one would absolutely sell because we discussed this last week. And it's no big surprise. I'm going to throw the Road Warriors out there. They did not make the Road Warriors in their SummerSlam 92 gear. And I think that's a huge miss because nobody's touched those Road Warriors yet. With the gold, sho- the gold shoulder pads, those things, you are giving yourself an excuse to print your own money at that point. Road Warriors figures sell. People clamor for Road Warriors merchandise. You put out the SummerSlam 92 figures. Those are the first of their kind. Nobody's made those yet. You put out those SummerSlam 92 figures, they're gone. Good luck finding them. So they've lost the Road Warriors. They can't make those figures anymore. That's why my fingers are crossed that Super 7 or Storm or somebody picks up the Road Warriors and gives us those SummerSlam 92 figures. I've wanted action figures of those Road Warriors ever since they rode to the ring on the motorcycles. Would it be too obscure? No, hell no. No, dude, <laughs> nothing. No, absolutely not. nothing with the Road Warriors is ever obscure. The, the Road Warriors fans, for the most part, are hardcore so you say Road Warrior SummerSlam 92, they know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, the gold shoulder pads. And they had the stupid dummy on the motorcycle. Not not Animal <laughs> or Hawk. I'm talking about Rocco. <laughs> All right, good call. So that was just kind of the meaning behind missed opportunity. I've got more. I've got more. How about Undertaker? Okay, so you still have him under contract. You can make wrestling figures of him all you want. We've never had a mean Mark figure. There are a lot of hardcore Undertaker fans. I think they would kick on the machines for that. Now, here's the thing that a lot of fans of WCW would love. You could put mean Mark with your Psycho Sid figure. And guess what? You have the skyscrapers. Or I I know Undertaker or mean Mark and Sid were never an iteration of the skyscrapers. But as, as far as I'm concerned, the skyscrapers were three people. It was Sid. It was Dan Spivey, and it was Mean Mark. Interchange, almost like a Freebird rule, if you will. And I think it would be cool because we know chances are pretty much nil of ever getting a Dan Spivey figure. But we could put Mean Mark with his black vest, his black gloves, right next to that Sid with the black vest, the Elite. And boom, you've got a version of the Skyscrapers. When you said WCW fans, I thought you were going to say the Cole Twins. (laughs) Kent and Keith. (laughs) What? I think you need to take a break from watching all of this old WCW, dude. I think you're right. (laughs) Okay, I've got three more. Go for it. This would be a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, given how ridiculous it would be. Kevin Nash as Oz. Okay. Or Vin... I think Vinny Vegas would be more noticeable. Uh, Either one. But how colorful would Oz be? You've got that big stupid mask that he wore. The big head that he had to take off. At least when he first debuted. (laughs) I think that would be awesome, dude. You mean when he debuted the Oz character? Yes, he had like that big mask thing on that he had to take off. Y- yep, yep. That was utterly ridiculous, but would make for a great San Diego Comic-Con. Just one of those off-the-wall characters that they make a figure of, like Isaac Yankum. 
like <laughs> Shockmaster. It just it would fit that mold, and uh-huh. as a WCW castoff, much like Shockmaster. Uh, next up, Big Boss Man, but as Big Bubba Rogers with his jacket, his hat, and his sunglasses. I don't think they would kick the machines on for that one. You I don't know. Old San Francisco toy makers did. Well, right. They have one out there of him. Yes. But I don't know if Mattel would be going that far back into the obscure characters. I was just thinking it would be cool for the people that had the midnight express Jack's two pack, the Jim Coronette FTC figure to put a Mattel big Bubba Rogers with that team. And then you could have Star uh, Starcade, Night of the Skywalkers, all over again. But I get your point. Maybe that wouldn't sell 10k figures. And here's my just, last one. I just thought. Oh. I just thought of one more. Yes, the Shockmaster. But when he came back and he was unmasked because he fell, but he had that hat on. How about that one? <laughs> I think we've exhausted our our Shockmaster allotment of figures, dude. I don't think we'll ever see a Shockmaster again. All right, Cole Twins, <laughs> Kent and Keith. Steve Ozer, if you're listening, I apologize. (laughs) Sometimes he drinks and podcasts at the same time. I have no control over this. Last one. You can currently make all of the Stone Cold Steve Austin figures you want, but I don't know if they can still make Brian Pillman or not. I don't think that they can, because otherwise I'm pretty sure we would have gotten a Pillman. You know where I'm going with this. Hollywood Blondes. Yes. This ties into our earlier conversation about the Blondes. Jax did them and did them well. That is an outstanding Jax Classic Superstars 2-pack. Mattel needs to make the Hollywood Blondes. You can make Stone Cold figures all day. You had the rights to do Pillman. Gave us a beautiful Elite. But unfortunately, we did not get that one Pillman to put with a Hollywood Blonde Stone Cold Steve Austin boat mist. And that rounds out my submissions for Mattel. Great job, dude. You really put some effort into that one. It sounded like you were excited for that one. No, I really was. And when you submitted this to me as an idea for a segment, I loved it right away. So the next time we do this one, I'll definitely start thinking outside of Mattel and look at Jax and Hasbro and LJN. We'll come up with some gems for that. But for this episode, it was all Mattel. And like you said, Mattel really hits a lot more than they miss, right? but there are times when they have a guy under license and they could have made a version of him that we as hardcore collector fans want, but we didn't get. And that's what this segment is based on. And there's my submissions for Mattel. That's not all of them, but a solid chunk of them. I love your inclusion of one man gang because to me, that's on a short list of WTF. Why didn't we get this guy when you had him under your umbrella? Scott, that rounds out the show. Before we get into Wrestling Toy Tracker as normal, I do want to thank your buddy CJ. Thank you so much, man, for doing these graphics for us for the Fig Life Hall of Fame. I do want to personally thank you, man. You've done an excellent job. You've put in some hard work. And from Scott and I, honestly, thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much, CJ. Jeff and I do truly, truly appreciate your hard work and your effort. Now on to Wrestling Toy Tracker. If you guys are going to jump in in these crazy deals going on right now, I, honestly, I think re- the guy over at Wrestling Toy Tracker, he needs to have change it from every three months to a month right now because it would be interesting what the average prices are now. <laughs> yeah, it's like an asterisk with like COVID pricing next to it. <laughs> <laughs> like Barry Bonds baseball in the Hall of Fame with the asterisk on it. Like, that's the new model of pricing. Asterisk COVID pricing. How dare you speak ill of bonds? 
I didn't speak ill of him. I'm not the one that wrote the asterisk on the ball. Did they write an asterisk on the ball? Didn't uh, Mark some, something or other buy that ball? And he wrote an, I, I thought he wrote an asterisk on it. And then Screw he gave that it. guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does he know? Yeah, exactly. Bonds is the greatest hitter of our time, man. Don't well, at me. Do not at me. I'm going to at you. Do not at me. We're Mike gonna... Trout's close, but don't at me. We're about to fight. <laughs> Head on over to Wrestling Toy Tracker if you're in the hunt for Galoobs, Retros, Hasbros, LJNs, Just Toys, Bendems, or anything else as you are surfing the web. Scott, Eagle Moss. Yes, if you have a pop culture or WWE fan in your life and you need a gift for that certain someone, look no further than Eagle Moss. Give them a follow on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore where you can find their entire assortment of statues, cool collectibles from Back to the Future, Star Trek, Batman, you name it. They've got it. We love their line of WWE statues, superstars from the past, the present. You buy them, you're going to love them. Again, on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. If you need a gift for a certain pop culture or WWE fan in your life, look no further than Eagle Moss. Also, Father's Day is coming up, so wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Say no more. Say no more. I want to throw it back to the podcast buddies. Breaker and Bane are doing a great show over Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Over there, they do Fig Talk, Wrestling Talk, and they have a guest in, and we're trying to figure out who's up next. Is it going to be me or you, Scott? Well, as far as I know, they're supposed to be doing a drawing of some type based on the last show that I heard of theirs, and it's still up in the air. I don't know who's going to main event. I'm either going to steal the show as the opener or I'm going to steal the show as the main event. So really to me, it doesn't matter which one they go with first. I'm okay with either way because I'll steal the, steal it as the opener. Or I'll steal as the main event. No, you're an opener, dude. You're a red rooster. I'm the undertaker and Batista of this equation. If I go on first or last, I'm still going to steal the show. You're red rooster. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was a house show that we went to. It was red rooster versus one, two, three kid as an opener. Oh, really? Yeah, you were there. It was Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Okay, I remember that. Um, I don't remember who was in the... Oh, Perfect and Luger were in the... No, I apologize. It was Luger and Razor in the main event. Oh, where Razor called Luger a horse face. Yes, In the yes. promo leading up to the match. That was great. Really? Yes. Red Rooster was still around then? He would he would do spot shows. He would He would just show up at a random house show and fill in. Oh, dude, poor guy. They're like, hey, we need you to put that red stripe in your hair again. Get in the ring. That was actually kind of funny, dude, because you guys remember this back in the day. So on Saturday morning TV, they would have the guys kind of like in two boxes promoting the next show that they were going to be doing. So Razor's doing his promo on Lex Luger. Lex Luger's in the next box over. And he goes, hey, yo, horse face. (laughs) Uh, That was great. I, I had never, ever heard somebody call someone that before. And I just immediately lost it. I'll never forget it, dude. I was just like, oh my gosh, he just called him a horse face. <laughs> to me, that was such a great insult. I loved it. Um, the other match was Sean and Perfect. I guess they were doing some shows ar- around the country before their SummerSlam 93 match. Hmm. Okay. I See, I dude, that whole era to me is such a fog. I, and especially remember 123 Kid and Red Rooster. I, I would imagine the kid went over in that one. Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah, dude, I don't even remember. But I do remember but, Razor and Luger where Razor called him a horse face. That was outstanding. But you know what sucks is the next night they were at the Cow Palace 
And the main event of that one was Brett and Yoko in a cage. Oh. I was like, damn it. I was like, damn it, why didn't we get Brett and Yoko in the cage? Now, the Cow Palace isn't that far away from us. We could have gone, but we already spent our money over in Oakland. We found out later that Brett and Yoko were in the cage the following night. Ah, stupid kids, man. I know, I know. Anyways, back to Breaker and Bane. Go check out their show. Scott and I are on these next few weeks. Also, check out Breaker's Back to the Nintendo as well. I mentioned them before. I'll mention them again. Doing the favor, Eric and Barry over there doing a great show. They've got an awesome, awesome website. Go check it out, doingthefavor.com. And sign up for their page where you can trade toys, you can buy toys, or you can sell toys, whatever you want to do. So head on over there, doingthefavor.com. Steve, over at the PPW podcast this past week, put out a tweet, and he got a lot of love. He's looking for creators to come on just to talk about the ins and outs of whatever you are creating. But... In the meantime, check out Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, where they just did an episode on Legends House. Did you watch that, Scott? I did not, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. It was pretty crazy from what I understand. That's what I've heard as well. So anyways, check out Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Each week, Marty and Sarah welcome in their buddies over at Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds every single day. Check out Trivia with Buds on iTunes. Scott, drunk wrestling history, go. (laughs) Yes, the drunk train is still moving full steam ahead. Bi-weekly show. You can follow us on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. We've got a drunken t-shirt over at whatamaneuver.net if you'd like to pick one of those up. And we are doing the bi-weekly format the last show, I believe, was the Starcade 89. I don't know what the release for next week is going to be yet. It's kind of a, a surprise to me when he drops it. But definitely check it out. It's just something different. It's a friend of mine, Eddie. We have our host, Adam. Eddie and I, we drink. We talk wrestling. Adam tries to keep us in line. It never works. And it's just a fun show. We talk about a lot of older wrestling, given the name Drunk Wrestling History. That was our era. We grew up on it. We love it. I try to have Ed watch more WCW, NWA, AWA, because he was just a WWE kid growing up. So it's kind of cool to get him cultured in the other federations that were around at the time. But again, on Twitter, at Wrestling underscore Drunk, we are a bi-weekly show, and you can find it everywhere that you find Fully Posable. Was Starcade 89, was that the one where Barry Windham was facing Dr. Death, and I think Dr. Death got nailed in the balls? And the match ended quickly? No, that was 87. 87. I wasn't even close. Two years off. Sorry. Yeah, and I want to say that was for the UWF championship. I'm pretty sure. Um, No, 89 was the round robin tournament. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. And then the headline on that was Luger and Flair, right? Uh, No. uh, It ended with um, the Road Warriors and the Steiner Brothers. Oh, I'm not even close, dude. I'm going to stop talking right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, well, I mean, listen to the review of the show. No, the last match was Sting and Flair. That's what it was. It closed with Sting and Flair, but the entire show ended with Animal doing a promo where they basically just cut him off, where he was talking about (laughs) winning and they just cut him off. But I look at it as the night that they jobbed out Doom and Great Muda. Neither team won a match. Yeah, I was going to say, Doom didn't win a match. No, and neither did Muda, and Muda was a big deal at the time. Like, Muda was one of the few guys back then to pin Sting, and that was a huge deal. You're like, oh, man, they're really putting the rocket on Muda here. And then you got to Starcade 89, and they're like, just kidding, you're jobbing. 
By the way, I hated Sting's second theme. Was that Man Called Sting? Yeah. Yeah, it was... Look, it was early 90s wrestling cheesy, right? It, it fit the bill to a T. But the thing was, is his first theme was fantastic. I, it, it's, it was like a guitar is all... Da, da, yeah. Da, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, perfect. That, yeah, it was perfect. You know, and then we, they gave him that, and it's like, ah, what'd you do? Yeah, you got Man Called Sting, and you're like, wait a second. This is horrible. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't at me. That was a horrible song. <laughs> it really wasn't great, but it fit the bill of that early 90s cheesy wrestling, so it was what it was. Also, I want you guys to check out LuchaCentral.com, where Eric Arana and I do a show that's part of the Lucha Central Network. It's called Lucha Figures and Facts. Our first show has dropped, so go check that out. I'm not sure when our next show is going to be out, because I don't know if they're going to do bi-weekly or once a month. But anyways, it's a lot of fun. Go check it out. Eric Arana has a knowledge since he is the lead designer over at Boss Fight. He can tell you about the ins and outs, the articulation, the deco. It's it's beautiful the way he talks about those things. So anyways, go check out LuchaCentral.com and look for the podcast Lucha Figures and Facts. Scott, roll call. Yes, roll call. I will start off every week with the man himself, Jason Wolf. Follow him on Twitter at JasonWLF. If you need artwork, like, for example, Jeff and I currently need artwork for a new shirt design, or better yet, two new shirt designs, similar but very different. We're using Jason Wolf, and if you need artwork, you should use Jason Wolf too. Give him a follow on Twitter at JasonWLF. Again, any type of artwork that you need, hit the man up. He's quick, he's efficient. He does perfect work. I've never had any gripes with any of his creations. You give him an idea and he runs with it. The dude, to me, is an artistic genius. That's the way I look at him. He can take a vision and turn it into above and beyond your expectations. Give him a follow again. Jason Wolf on Twitter at Jason WLF. Jeff, you mentioned it earlier. Our buddy CJ and your buddy CJ on Twitter at your buddy CJ. He's the one doing our creations for or graphics for the Fig Life Hall of Fame 2020. Huge thanks to CJ. He does great work on those. He also does a wrestling figure column. Go check it out. I'm going to throw it out to our figure photographers this week, Jeff V Trigger Figs. Give him a follow on Twitter at V Trigger Figs. Got to throw it out to the great Nate at Ring Skirts. And finally, rounding out Roll Call this week for the great figure photographers, the amazing At Kingdom Figure. Can't say enough good things about At Kingdom Figure. The dude, his work is incredible. Go check him out on Twitter again, At Kingdom Figure. And Jeff, that rounds out Roll Call. You said the man called Jason Wolf. Is that like the man called Sting? Yeah, very well done. Yes, the man called Jason Wolf. It's the man called Wolf. You know, like that. <laughs> narrow, narrow, narrow. <laughs> Sky for episode 227. Anything else? Yes. I know I do this every couple weeks or once a month, whatever it is, but I just want to thank everybody listening to this show for your constant support, your downloads, however you contribute. Jeff and I appreciate it, whether you're buying a shirt. If you're supporting one of the many podcasts that we talk about, if you're supporting Jason Wolf, Eagle Moss, Manscaped, Foco, if you're participating in anything like that, it means the world to us. 
It's a great community that is formed around us here. We all support each other, and I can't say enough good things about everybody in it. Drew Vensel, good brother Mike, thank you for going above and beyond for the person that needs help right now. That's what the Fig Life does. That's what we're about. Thank you guys to everybody in the Fig Life that supports us, that supports the other podcasts out there. Thank you so much. You guys are a huge piece of this puzzle. Without you, there is no Fig Life. So I just want to say thank you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Fig Life since 2016. And happy toy hunting. Very well said, Scott. For episode 227, hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Let's go Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring But we don't take it out the box, M.O.C. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week With the OGs of WFP Fully posable, thank you all for listening It ain't no storyline, real life siblings So everybody go and do your toy spotting Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings